Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this live uh, webinar series on Legal Expert Guide to Data Breaches and Ransomware Attack in the Southeast Asia. My name is Wana, and I'm the Regional Legal Advisor and Representative of both ASEAN and China Desk, based in our DFDL Bangkok office. And I'll be very pleased to be the moderator uh, for today's discussion. And just a brief introduction on DFDL. We are a full legal and tax advisory firm based in Southeast Asia and an ASEAN uh, bond firm with uh, nearly 30 years of history. We have um, developed dedicated regional and sector-based uh, key practice group with, of course, technology and compliance uh, being one of them. So our, our discussion for today uh, will focus on the, uh, the prevalence of data breach incidents and ransomware attacks in the Philippines. And as all of us uh, may be aware, incidents on this front have increased at an escalating speed as the result of a shift of uh, global consumers' usage towards online services and with uh, companies collecting an increasing volume of data uh, contributed primarily as a result of COVID-19. So it is uh, critical now more than ever for businesses and consumers like us to uh, take data security seriously. So I would now like to introduce uh, our speaker for today, uh, Jude Ocampo. He is the partner of Ocampo Surabo Law Offices, which is a collaboration firm of DFDL in the Philippines and a partner who heads the firm's privacy practice group, Jude also contributes uh, to Linklater's Global Data Privacy Protection Guide. He has also uh, been recognized as a leading lawyer in the corporate and m and sectors by Asia Law in 2021 and Philippines top lawyer in 2020 and 2021 by the Asia Business Law Journal. Great having you here, Jude, today. Uh, thank you for participating in today's session. Hi, Wana. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be uh, part of this uh, live event. Great. So um, let's kickstart uh, our session for today. So Jude, uh, in the context of uh, your jurisdiction, Philippines, uh, please, can you share with us uh, in terms of the level of growing prevalence of ransomware attacks, uh, the top harms resulted mm -hmm. from data breach, as well as you know the industries most commonly uh, affected by such incidents? Well, of course, um, this can be made uh, based on your advisory experiences or uh, the statistics published by the Philippines local authority. Well, uh, the one that's been uh, actually cited a lot, even by our uh, authorities, is the uh, uh, publication or study by uh, SOFOS. Uh, it was commissioned, I think, in uh, 2020 uh, and surveyed uh, around 5,400 IT uh, decision makers, including in the Philippines. There, I think there were 150 of those. And uh, a, bother, a bothersome uh, number is that around 42% of the firms surveyed in the Philippines said that they were uh, uh, hit or they experienced uh, ransomware attacks in 2020. Uh, this was actually uh, a big jump, 30% uh, jump from the numbers in 2019. Um, however, compared to the rest of the world, uh, it doesn't seem like these uh, ransomware attackers have uh, uh, gotten much from the Philippines. Uh, uh, total payments made estimated is around $800,000. Um, but still, it's, it's a worrisome uh, uh, development. And, uh, you know, uh, just like in any other jurisdiction, the impact really is on, uh, of course, the uh, the um, uh, corruption or destruction of databases, right? Uh, or of course, the withholding of information from the uh, owners of the information. Sometimes there could be uh, 
uh, intellectual property, which is or, or other uh, information stolen. And also, of course, uh, there have been uh, some reputational, operational, uh, and even legal uh, uh, risks uh, experienced by the, the victims of the ransomware uh, attacks or breach uh, attacks generally. Um, globally, understand the top three industries are uh, retail, education, and business. Uh, but in the Philippines, we don't have that much data. It has, there's really no um, detailed analysis on this. What we do know is that uh, the uh, banking regulator, the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, uh, keeps on reminding uh, its, um, the, the industry uh, to, to uh, uh, always be on the lookout and to protect itself. Uh, it actually issued uh, just recently uh, a memorandum uh, stating that uh, BSP, that's a Banco Central uh, supervised financial institutions, must strengthen their data breach prevention and control mechanisms. As a matter of fact, I think one of those uh, incidents uh, made it in the international news where mm -hmm. uh, certain uh, uh, attackers were able to siphon off a uh, few uh, million dollars out of a Philippine bank. Thank you. Um, thank you, Jude, for sharing these. So uh, indeed, security incident, uh, be it minor or major, can be devastating to organization and leading as uh, what you mentioned, the loss of confidential data, uh, irreparable reputational damage and could uh, potentially lead to a loss of a customers and a trust. And I also note that uh, you mentioned about the Banco Central Ang Filipinas issued a memorandum reminder to the BSP on further strengthening of their data breach prevention and control mechanism. But aside uh, from these two legislation, I mean from these legislation, can you share with us uh, more if there are any further uh, governing laws regulating uh, data breach incidents in the country? Ah, uh, yeah. Just just to note, the BSP issue once is uh, not really a, a legislation. It's more of a reminder that um, you know banks have uh, uh, security protocols in the uh, uh, manual of uh, operation of, of banks and so on that they should follow and that they should adopt uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, global standards in protection. But to your question on a law uh, governing uh, uh, data breach incidents, the primary law of course is the uh, uh, Data Privacy Act uh, which was passed uh, uh, some time ago, uh, but only been uh, very actively implemented maybe the past uh, six, year, six or seven years. Uh, the um, uh, rules on uh, data breach actually require uh, the personal information controllers to notify the uh, National Privacy Commission uh, with regard to that uh, data breach within 72 hours upon knowledge of or reasonable belief that there has been uh, such a, brief, uh, a breach. The, uh, the uh, implementing rules actually uh, uh, state what kind of uh, notifiable breach, uh, what are the notifiable breaches. The key uh, issue there is essentially that if there are uh, uh, quite a number of uh, uh, persons uh, involved or the information of quite a number of per persons are involved. And there is a reasonable belief that uh, these persons uh, would be damaged then uh, or you know, re receive serious harm, then there has to be that notification to the National Privacy Commission. Again, it's, it's 72 hours. And I'd like to share, for example, that 
um, we do have some clients, right, where we draft a lot of their contracts, uh, their uh, data processing agreements, their data sharing agreements, and so on. And uh, sometimes these uh, are relationships are cross-border. Um, there are uh, uh, there are some uh, processors in other countries who would rather have a longer uh, breach notification period uh, between themselves, right? So when a Philippine entity shares uh, data or information to a foreign entity, uh, the foreign counterparty says, well, give us, you have 72 hours in your uh, jurisdiction, give us also 72 hours. What we tell them is that that's not possible, right? Because the foreign entity has to notify the Philippine entity uh, well within the 72 hours so that then the Philippine entity can then notify the National Privacy Commission. So that's a very important note, right? This 72-hour uh, period uh, has uh, an impact on the uh, contracts between uh, inf uh, your sharers or uh, processors of information. Thanks, Jude, uh, for, for this high-level response uh, from the legal domain, uh, in, in particular on the requirement or notification uh, requirement. So from, from the information you have presented, uh, we understand there are specific law in place to govern data breach incidents in the Philippines and, of yes. course, they continue uh, to, to evolve. And, of course, uh, we know that cyber criminals, uh, they do not discriminate and we are seeing more new, uh, more sophisticated forms of attack uh, emerge regularly. So, practically, um, how should an organization uh, respond to uh, internal and external data breach incidents? Can you share with us uh, some of the uh, top cybersecurity best practices, please? Oh, sure. Um, one thing that we should be... Uh, clear about is it would be our definition, right, of mm -hmm. internal and external. Um, unfortunately, uh, breach uh, sometimes happens uh, through employees of the company, right? So those would be what we would classify as internal data leaks or breach. Uh, the external uh, data leaks arise from uh, cyber criminals or those who access it from outside, of course, the, uh, the, the organization. Um, also, one distinction we can make is that uh, sometimes internal data leaks uh, can be accidental. Uh, uh, of course, definitely, some uh, would be willful, but external data leaks are almost, all, well, always uh, willful, right? They use uh, ransomware, uh, malware, phishing, and so on. Um, and also, just to let you know, um, uh, there is this uh, uh, something happening right now in the Philippines. Uh, it's called uh, uh, smishing or SM uh, data data breaches that uh, uh, originate from SMS. I myself have actually received some of these SMS messages. It states, for example, that uh, um, uh, good news: we are currently on sale. Please uh, click this link uh, and. Uh, I don't really know if you know. I've never clicked on the links, of course, but it says that they are their their link is uh, supposed to lead them to Lazada or Shopee and and those uh, uh, online sellers. And uh, I, I never clicked those uh, links. Others say uh, uh, target people who are uh, maybe experiencing job uh, problems. If it says, "Do you want to work from home? If you do, please click this link." Uh, Again, I myself uh, would be uh, wary of those. I never clicked them, but uh, I would think that uh, 
others may have, which has uh, led the National Privacy Commission to actually send uh, out an alert uh, to the general population about this practice. Because normally those, uh, those uh, links uh, may lead to some fraudulent activity, right? Uh, one documented case was that the um, individual who clicked the link uh, was made to link that uh, phone number and her identity to a Facebook page that he or that she never uh, signed up for, right? So um, uh, now, when there is a, a data data leak or a breach, um, we note that there are actually uh, three types of these uh, breaches, right? Number one. There's what's what the NPC calls the uh, confidentiality breach, uh, which results uh, from the unauthorized disclosure or access to personal data. The second would be an integrity breach resulting from uh, alteration of personal data. And the third is availability, uh, which deprives uh, uh, the victim of uh, uh, access, right? Resulting from which results from loss, accidental or unlawful uh, destruction of personal data. The solution would be twofold, uh, non-legal and legal, right? For, of course, for uh, uh, the non-legal solution would be uh, definitely to take care of that breach uh, immediately, uh, conduct a, uh, an analysis of the systems, uh, especially what information has, uh, has been um, compromised. Um, and um, uh, if the analysis shows that uh, there has been a, a notifiable breach, then be very mindful of the requirements uh, of the National Privacy Commission uh, to notify the NPC of that uh, of that breach. Um, the NPC has not been remiss actually in uh, reminding uh, uh, the um, uh, industry or various industries uh, that. Uh, the uh, PIC, uh, in the information controller, must uh, always be uh, wary of these uh, situations and uh, uh, notify the NPC immediately. Thank you, Jude, uh, for, for, for the responses uh, in drawing the difference uh, between the internal and the external breach and uh, for sharing with this uh, some of the practical and useful suggestions, both legal and technical solutions. So it goes without saying that um, data breach response plan has also become a critical component uh, yeah. in doing business in this modern era. So on this front, uh, can you share with the audiences in terms of the guidance on how to uh, best create, uh, implement, and um, also to refine a comprehensive uh, data breach response plan, please? Oh, sure. Actually, the, the good news is that, again, the National Privacy Commission uh, in the Philippines is actually quite active in these. Right, uh, and it uh, regularly issues uh, guidelines um, and even uh, 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 discusses uh, uh, how best to deal with them. Right, and um, the uh, NPC actually uh, issued uh, it's called the NPC Circular 16-03 uh, that uh, uh, essentially is a guide on how to put up these, uh, for example, these breach response teams and how to deal uh, with these situations. So the guide includes uh, information such as how to create 
uh, a uh, data breach response team, um, how to implement uh, certain uh, organizational, physical, uh, technical, and uh, security measures, uh, implementing also of incident response procedure. Uh, essentially, what's going to happen? What will you do when this breach takes place? And remember, you have 72 hours to figure out the data, uh, or what's affected uh, to uh, determine if you're going to go to the NPC and so on. And uh, also uh, some tips on uh, uh, guideline and guidelines on mitigation of possible harm. So there is already that guide um, in the uh, issuances of the uh, privacy regulator in the Philippines. That's e that's and 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 the clients or, or companies are uh, uh, satisfied actually in adopting these. By the way, uh, they find them very clear uh, and um, very helpful uh, when they start uh, or they up uh, upgrade their uh, data breach capabilities. Thank you, Jude, uh, for for highlighting some of these uh, pertinent points from the published guide. So so moving to my um, next. Uh, and also the final question, and this relates uh, to in the case of a transfer of data from the Philippines to other countries. Can you uh, discuss some of the uh, precautionary measures which companies can take uh, to better prepare for such transaction and you know, in order to prevent any potential international data breach incident? Yeah, so precautionary measures are actually necessary, right? Not just uh, advisable, because you want to be ready when a breach happens. So uh, uh, an important uh, process that uh, organizations must undertake, and this is a global uh, recommendation by experts and regulators, is that uh, the organization has to uh, perform a, a privacy impact assessment. Right? They should know what uh, information goes in, how the information goes in, uh, the possibilities of the information going out and how uh, these would be uh, released um, and how these are processed. So, uh, and then note that the organizations change. So your privacy impact assessment can't be done once and then, you know, forgotten. You have to update that uh, either uh, regularly on an, on a, based on time or based on incidents. If you uh, change your processes, adopted new processes, ask the clients or customers new types of information and so on, or change the way you use information, you have to keep on updating your uh, privacy impact uh, assessment. The next one would be adopting a uh, data governance, pol governance policy, right? Uh, practically everyone in the organization that handles uh, personal information must know about the data governance policy. Because again, the, the response to a breach is a team effort, right? Uh, the users of the information, finding out how it came out and so on. Uh, your, your, the whole uh, uh, organization must have a privacy mindset, right? Again, the, 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 sometimes in organizations, there are those who would say, well, uh, you know, it's a balancing act between the goals of the organization and the goals of protecting privacy. The fact is it's not a balancing act. Uh, privacy must be injected in any uh, uh, plans or uh, activities of uh, the company. They have to, uh, uh, they, they, they shouldn't be seen as uh, 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 against the goals of the company, but they have to be seen as a given. And you have when you try to uh, formulate the goals, you have to include the privacy there as well. Then I guess the others uh, would really be 
related to constant monitoring, uh, capacity building of the team, and then, uh, uh, as I said, uh, stressing the importance of privacy in everything that firm does. Thank you, Jude, uh, for sharing uh, the, your thoughts and uh, valuable inputs indeed on this topic. And uh, so now we will move um, to our Q&A session. We will take a few minutes to go through some of them. So earlier you shared that um, data privacy rules, uh, they provide certain types of data breach incidents being notifiable or not. So in the case, if um, data breach incidents is notifiable, uh, can the person avoid or delay notifying if he or she does not have all the information yet? Okay, so that's a, actually a very good question um, uh, because I can see the situation where they want to be able to give, you know, uh, uh, maximum information to the National Privacy Commission. Um, the answer to that is that uh, uh, general rule is you cannot delay, right? Because the notification, the purpose of the notification is not really to uh, provide all of the necessary or important information. That, that happens even after the notification. Right, because then there has to be a, a deeper analysis of this, and the NPC would be involved in uh, determining the implications. So the important thing is that there's notification, uh, so that among others, the NPC can determine whether uh, uh, the uh, uh, data subjects need also to be notified. The only uh, reason to delay notification uh, is only if uh, such delay is necessary to prevent further disclosures. Or to restore, or if it's needed to restore integrity in the uh, information and communication system, but even that uh, can only apply very uh, in a limited uh, way because even if that is the case, uh, delay uh, cannot be justified if uh, there are more than 100 data subjects involved, or uh, the uh, disclosure of the information or sensitive personal information uh, collected by the company. Uh, will adversely affect the data subject. So again, even if uh, you need more time to uh, uh, fix or to uh, remedy the in uh, information communication system, if these circumstances exist, more than 100 people, uh, or there is a uh, likely serious harm to the data subject, then uh, there's no way for you to delay it. You have to notify the NPC. Thank you, Jude, uh, for answering this question. So um, thank you as well for this uh, very insightful discussion. So it is now um, the end of our webinar. So for companies, uh, for business uh, who have yet to create a, a data breach response or needed a fresh one, uh, we hope uh, this session will be a useful tool and that you will find uh, some of the useful suggestion, uh, key consideration, as well as the needed attention when it comes to creating a new set of plan or to refine an existing plan for the purpose of improving data security uh, posture. So if you have uh, any related question, please do not uh, do not hesitate to reach out to Jude, uh, our speaker, or myself uh, via email. And we thank you uh, for your attention. And it is very honored to have all of you uh, in participating in today's webinar. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.